The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. This episode of The House Glow is brought to you by Fun.com. Fun.com, the best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, clothing, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves, and you won't find them anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes and see the latest products, and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th of 2021. Your savings are automatically added to your cart, so just click the link and go have some fun shopping. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. So you might as well outfit your wolf pack, because these savings will only last for a short time. They won't be for life. The House Show, for over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Hellions. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. It is me as always, Mr. Maddie Treats, and I am joined by my trio's tag team partners. To my left is none other than the educator of excellence educator how's it going today oh baby it's june it's june we're almost at the end we're so close to the end of the school year things are going to be opening up the family and i we're getting ready to possibly be going to virginia beach at the end of the month once the school year is over lots of good things on the horizon fantastic opportunities for rest and relaxation July and August, we're still going to be getting our retro gaming on. Uh, the the educator, this is like your hog wild uh, coming is. up here. No doubt. When you're literally counting on less than one hand how many times I'm going to see each of my class sections for school. Yeah, we're, we're, we're powering through, baby. Uh, now, question to you, educator. I know you're, you're the retro gaming god, as we like to call you. Um, you do have the PS5, though. You know, right around the corner. 
um, not so much as big as it used to be, is, of course, E3, the Electronics right. Gaming Expo. Right. Uh, do you get into that? Do you follow the announcements of what's being you know, announced uh, as soon as it is? Do you watch any of like, the press conferences or anything like that? I'll probably touch base and, and you know, be in and out watching the press conferences here and there. Um, mostly I've been a Nintendo fanboy, so always tuning into all the directs when they go live and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to what, given the, you know, the Xbox series consoles being out and now the PS five. So we're talking over six months since their launch. It'll be interesting to see how each are actually going to be moving forward in terms of releases and, and handling everything. Um, yeah, definitely going to be following along this year. Yeah, you you want to see what you're going to be buying in six years. So, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, always ahead of the time, the educator of excellence and the man to our right is the mass library, Mr. Kevin Hallians. Kevin, uh, how are you doing today? I, I am probably not going to be following E3, just in case you weren't aware of it. Well, well you're you're you follow Comic-Con. I do. Yeah. I do. Oh man, when G4 was live at Comic Con and they would have like reactions to announcements and interviews with creators and showing off new comics and all, I would take the weekend off or just call in and just watch their their feed for like three four days. Question, Kevin, is what is going on with G4? Did they announce? I, I thought they were coming back. Did they, they come back? No, not yet. They keep you know dropping little teasers and what's going to come back. They are bringing back the original Japanese Ninja Warrior, not American Ninja Warrior. Um, to their feed, they they said they're going to do something more with tech of the show, something more with X play. They're just teasing stuff, but they still haven't said: is it an online channel? Is it coming back to cable? Is it going to be like a YouTube channel? Is it going to be like a live feed that streams no matter what? Like, there still hasn't been details. Honestly, I'm sure COVID messes stuff up still to this day for people. I, I would imagine it would be on a streaming service. Uh, whether that's I don't who who owned that was it Viacom. It was, uh, yeah, Viacom you... owned it. Um, they were going to cancel it entirely. It was going to become the the Esquire channel. And then that didn't happen. It became the Paramount channel. And no one yeah. watched so, it anyways. So maybe it'll be folded into like Paramount Plus or something like that. Could be. Could be. I mean, even you could do like a uh, Pluto channel and just here's your G4 live stream going on constantly for it. No, absolutely. Yeah. But that, I think Pluto's owned by buy a com or something like that pluto's actually uh big time they got a piece of the nfl cable pack really uh yeah they they the people that own it i don't know if it's fox or cbs i think it's cbs because they have mtv on there right yeah i think it's viacom on there yeah part of their um they're going to stream games onto pluto um when they have live games and stuff like this because they're really ads and stuff well, yeah, you'd have your regular ads on there, but they're trying to, you know, uh, the the NFL is making their money. Don't get me wrong. They're making billions and billions of dollars right. on these well, deals. But uh, it's insane to, to think about that. The Pluto, you know, this kind of like a little niche um, streaming service that, you know, especially that a, a lot of the retro network really was getting into because of the old uh, shows, you know, the Mystery Science Theaters, the Riff Tracks, all that good stuff's on there, too. They're gonna have you know NFL get that get that big push from from the NFL. Well, uh, 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 two things. I mean, yeah, because Pluto is definitely signing deals with people. They got their twenty four hour pro wrestling channel on there, and a lot of the content on there is provided by Internet Wrestling Television, IWTV, 
And that's the one I subscribe to for a lot of the add-ons, homework and stuff like that. But also, the last, like, two or three years, the Super Bowl's been available for free. Like, grab the CBS app or whoever's been playing it. Because they just play the commercials that people have already spent millions upon millions of dollars for. So they're paid. They got their money. They're all fine. Why not throw it up for free for everyone else to watch? Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. You know, get your ad revenue that way. Uh, it, but it's fascinating to think that the these big companies can do. I mean, look at WWE. I mean, just void of fans, really. Um, WWE can do whatever they want as long as they're they're making wrestling content. That is, doesn't matter what the fans think. They're, they're getting right. their money either way. Exactly. Um, and the NFL. There, I mean, it's a it's a TV product first. It's not a go see them live product. So no, and it's for for any professional sport, everyone's paid before anyone even gets before a fan enters the building. The TV deals, the you know everything else has paid for the stadium, the players, the owners, everything before fans even enter the building to put their ticket money into that pile too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, especially with the with with big sports leagues, it's almost like the TV contracts pay for everyone, but the tickets and stuff really just go to the team. It doesn't go to the NFL or to the Shield or whatever. Now, question for you guys, because I know, um, you know, Kevin, you being such a huge sports fan, uh, an educator, you <laughs> you as well being a huge sports fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you guys have? Uh, uh, I'm sure you've gone to a couple games live, whether that's yeah. football, basketball, mm-hmm. uh, baseball, whatever. What is your what is the best sport live in your opinion? Hmm. Uh, I've been to a bunch of college hockey games. I've uh, I've attended a few baseball games in Toronto and Montreal, and I've been to a few uh, Syracuse University basketball games as well. Probably, I would say the basketball games at Syracuse, the Carrier Dome, were probably my, the most enjoyable of all. Okay, Kevin, what about I? You? So I've I've been to probably one or two at least of every, you know, major sport. Um, I'd go hockey. Espe- like especially if you got a good crowd, you know, passionate either for their pro team or for their their college team. Um. But it's fun, it's fast-paced, trying to guess where the puck's going and all. And that's not even the fight, which is fun, too. But when you feel, like, fans excited for it, too, you're just into it. You're like, well, this is going to be a good night for it. Um, Coincidentally, though, part of the, like, seeing the angles of it and sort of, like, a science and math to it, you know, figuring out the physics of where the puck's going to go and the angles and everything, um, indoor soccer. I've been to that before. Kind of has a very similar feel to it of, you know, because you're just thinking soccer kind of, I, I'm not diminishing it, but it's kind of a straightforward path. But seeing them indoor, like using the edges as bumpers to move it along, I'm like, well, that's different. Um, yeah, so I would agree personally out of the big four sports, uh, hockey to me is probably the most fun live, uh, especially because you don't realize how fast they're going. I'm Crazy honest. fast. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, the amount of speed and how graceful they look and, and what they're doing, the amount of skill it takes uh, to be a hockey player is insane. Um, uh, to me, the worst sport lives football, football, NFL is terrible yeah. live. It's better on TV. Um, so I have gone to WWE events. I've gone to UFC event and I've gone to a, a, a big boxing, um, so I, I thought it was interesting going to see 
Um, WWE Live, you're so used to that. When you go to Raw, they're showing you commercials on the screen, yada, 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 that sort of thing, entertaining that way. UFC, they don't they don't have screens. They don't put anything on in between really? the fights, which I thought was interesting because they usually average like one fight every half hour when it yeah. gets to the pay-per-view. Uh, but there's no hype, man. I mean, you got to think about it. They're not doing promos. They're no. not doing this. They're not doing that. So it's literally just fight. Uh, they're playing music, and that's about it. So what do you do but, in between? Get drunk? You, you just hang out, yeah. I mean, that's all we did. We were at um, the Key Bank Arena for UFC uh, 212. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, there is nothing like a big boxing match in Las Vegas. Uh, I got to see Canelo Alvarez take on uh, Amir Khan. That was unbelievably fun. Kevin, you have any idea who he's talking about? No. Yeah, neither. You guys don't know no, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez? Who? I don't know. Oh, my God. No, sorry. Oh. no, it's fine. I mean... He's like the business. he's like the biggest boxer in the world next to I guess Mayweather. Crazy, cool. Um, oh, the uh, guy that fought Big Show. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Canelo Alvarez though, because uh, he he's he's you know from Mexico, so having all the Mexican fans there, and then uh, Amir Khan was British, having all the British fans there. It's just an electric atmosphere with, you know, boxing. For some reason, boxing you you root for your home country when it when it comes to that, and a lot of. A lot of aspects of it. So that that was just a lot of fun to go to and, you know, big, big events. So um, just a just a good time. Uh, a side note, uh, I'm there with my, my buddy Anthony, who's a very large man, um, as you guys know. And he's got a Hawaiian shirt on and um, shorts, as he always so, does. So and he was in this, uniform. Yeah. And there's yeah. this guy and we're in the lower bowl. Um, and there's this guy coming up from the floor seats and he looks familiar, but I don't know who it is. It's just this black guy who walks up. He sees Anthony and then winks at him like, hey, what's up, buddy? And keeps going on. Uh, turns out that was easy. Easy son. Easy. Because <laughs> we were like, what is it? Because um, it was around the same time that Straight of Compton came out. Uh, oh, that's right. So, he was in it playing his dad. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's why he looks so familiar to us. But uh, yeah, big boxing event. Well, plus you're in Vegas. so Right, right. I'll let you know how a big SummerSlam event is for that weekend. Do you know Manny Pacquiao? Yeah. Okay, you know Pacquiao. Pacquiao fought Mayweather. Yeah, so did Canelo Alvarez. But... Okay. I know. Kevin, confused. I know Maria Canellas. You know, Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man mm-hmm. Fever. Mm-hmm. I used so. to have a Pac-Man comic strip book. Yeah. This world's colliding there. There you go. There you go. All right, but let's get right into Glow. Uh, Kevin, what episode are we on? Episode six of the Run for the Rubies tournament. So Tonight we're discussing episode six and seven. It's 19 right. and 20 overall, but mm-hmm. six and seven for the Run for the Rubies. So he, we are watching Glow, Episode 6 for the Run for the Rubies Tournament. We start in our Glow women's locker room, of course. Not the uh, men's? No, never the men's. Uh, then we get our Riviera card rundown. Uh, we get our shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's Glow gossip. And then we get our Glow wrap, uh, which leads us right into match number one on the card, which is a Run for the Rubies is this a semifinal match? What is going on here? Second round? It's got to be second round, even though there's got to be a couple more first rounds that haven't like yeah. played yet. Yeah. It's crazy. It's second round, we get Beastie taking on Tiffany Mellon. Um, so one, 
I'm very happy with this outcome because I am not a Tiffany Mellon fan. I uh, she does nothing for me. I just as an act does not do anything for me. I, I do enjoy the beastie character more. Um, well, what were your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, were you surprised by the finish? Um, I guess I guess you know it's what very plausible. Right. I, I will say this without having a bracket to follow. I have no clue who would fight who next. Right. So it's hard to really make up matches because it's like who's face, who's heel, what makes sense, what doesn't. We don't know. Right. Well, if there's anything that would help, it would be for us to be sure of it, whether or not someone is a face or a heel during these shows. And I am sure that even if they change someone's alliance, they wouldn't change it again for no good reason because of their odd tapings. <sighs> Don't get me going. Don't get me going. What would you guys think of our opener here? Uh, fun match. I always cringe at the women doing the pile driver, even if it's the drop down, the more protected one on the knees. I just, I always think yeah, like someone's head's just going to be too low and oh boy, that's just going to be some crunching vertebrae. Good match. I, too, a fan of the outcome itself. I'm starting to get uh, a little annoyed with the Tiffany Mellon character, and I'm shocked that uh, she isn't a heel character because there's not much likable about her, you know, well, except for the, you know, the saline. Well, I'm sorry, the uh, silicon. This is 89, right? Yeah. So. She's very cute to look at. She would be a great, she absolutely right, would be a better heel. She'd be a good heel manager, right? For people, um, or or even bring her over as a heel manager for Men's Federation. Uh, but there's stuff in here, and and there are times where I'm like, thank God Beastie's as strong as she is, because otherwise bad stuff was going to happen. Be- Beastie, the more and more we see, like it's kind of a joke and a gimmick of a character. I mean, all of Glow is, but even more so for her. But she's. A- I've never felt Beastie herself is unsafe. Like she does, she's at a hundred percent of her availability, or her not availability, hundred percent of her ability in the ring, all the time. She's not phoning in. She's not half-assing it, despite what her tights look like. She, let's be honest, she's full-assing it every time. (laughs) But she's always to the best of her ability, and I think that saves her opponent sometimes. How can you hear Tiffany Mellon's laugh and uh-huh. think she's a face? I, I guess it's trying to think she's like bubbly and cute. and Right. She has... would have been the perfect. You, you bring up manager at this time. She would have been perfect to pair her with the million dollar man. Yeah. Yeah. You would almost get sympathy on the million dollar man because she's Actually, gold digging. I, th- I think even Roxy would be better. Roxy Astor with Ted DiBiase. I think Roxy. Oh, jeez. Okay. If you put Tiffany with someone, it's going to be more like a Miss Elizabeth situation. If you put Roxy yeah. with someone, it's going to be more like a sensational Sherry. Right. Someone. Exactly. That's why I can see it. Roxy's grown on me lately, too. Yeah. We'll get to that, but she's not bad either. Not bad at all. All right, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down our first match of the evening? All right. We see the start of the match begin with Beastie attacking Tiffany Mellon from behind. 
a few head slams into the turnbuckle. Tiffany Mellon ends up recountering with a running drop kick and then is successful with a monkey flip to take Beastie over to the canvas. Beastie recovers and hits the ropes and hits a pretty stiff running clothesline to knock Tiffany Mellon down. We see Beastie working a two-handed choke in the corner and then eventually does an opposing corner Irish whip. Tiffany Mellon ends up blocking a double-legged two, uh, two-legged catapult maneuver by Beastie. And as BC is now down on the canvas, we see Tiffany Mellon stomping a downed Beastie as a response. Beastie is able to hit a double axe handle in the abdomen and ends up picking up Tiffany Mellon into a fireman's carry, turning that fireman's carry into a, a pretty solid Samoan drop onto the canvas. We see Beastie gnawing on Tiffany Mellon's calf muscle and eventually rams Tiffany Mellon's head into the canvas like five or six times. Beastie ends up picking up Tiffany Mellon for a pile driver and drops down hard on her knees. Beastie climbs to the second rope and hits a second rope splash onto Tiffany Mellon and gets the big one, two, three pinfall victory. Post-match, Beastie tosses Tiffany Mellon over the top rope onto the floor and celebrates as she advances to the next round in the run for the Rubies tournament. It's really not much for the match at all. Um, like we were saying before, I'm very glad that BC ended up winning it. Lots of weird attempts at like leg locks or leg holds or whatever. I, I'm not quite sure what they would have. You would even call it if they did lock on to move here. Just seems like trying for it. Um, we're seeing this Simone drop being brought into some of the women's repertoire. Beastie does a good for glow one. Not too bad. Uh, Beastie just like beating Tiffany towards the end there. She slams her into the mat. I lost count of how many times. I almost wish she had like a really into it crowd that would have counted along, much like you know, when someone's up on the turnbuckles and you know, count to 10 for their punches. Uh, she still has to focus there. She does hit the pile drive and walks away, which has happened beforehand. I'm like, cover your opponent here. You just hit a big move, cover him. I don't understand the walking away from it. Thought for sure she was gonna lose after that. But the one I loved. I love Beastie's wheelbarrow move to Tiffany and Tiffany kind of forced to like walk along with it and ends up like driving her into the bottom turnbuckle. Someone could make that move great. Like not as a finisher, but just as a like take control setup signature move thing. I loved it. I know it was hokey. I know it was ridiculous. I absolutely love that wheelbarrow move there. I mean, if you can have people play along with people's elbow or the worm or whatever, I think you can have people go along with this one. Question, Kevin. Yeah. How would Orange Cassidy sell that? Like, he just doesn't do, he just doesn't want to go. He just yeah. slops over. Yeah. And, and then we find out that his neck can actually turn more than normal human neck. It turns kind of like an owl's neck and his head rotates. And that's the oh. forward wheel of the wheelbarrow. 330 degrees all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we follow that up with Dr. Feel and Grope, uh, and he's got a consultation with Lightning. We get our shampoo commercial. We get a Zelda Zinger segment. And then we go into match number two on the card, which is Big Bad Mama. And this is just an odd combination. It is. Uh, Big Bad Mama and MTV taking on Lightning and Mountain Fiji. And the best entrance I have seen in Glow is this Lightning and Mountain Fiji entrance. It's fantastic. Well, uh very often when a mountain explodes into a volcano, you can see all the lightning and everything up top of it. Yeah, shooting out from the top. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Absolutely. They're going scientific here. So again, it makes me, we've been talking about this. It's been brought up the last couple of podcasts that we've done. So what must be going on? Why the Thunderbolt and lightning? So what happened with Thunderbolt? Did she miss a set of tapings? Is she gone? Is she done with the company at this point? So we've missed a few uh, episodes where now lightning has been tagging up with like definitely other random members to make either six mans or, or, uh, or six woman tag or, or tag teams. It, she's phenomenal in terms of like just so fast moving around from place to place, the gymnast background that it's super obvious. Um, but the idea of her being the, the superhero thunderbolt and lightning, they kind of go hand in hand, but now it's just lightning, you know, with mountain Fiji. So, uh, it would be interesting to see it. And again, I'm not overly familiar with uh, the future, what plans are coming. Uh, Cause I've just, for the most part, been following the episodes as we're watching them. So if there is ever a gimmick change or if she ends up staying lightning the whole time, if Thunderbolt eventually does come back and they tag up again, um, be interesting to follow up and find out about that. Cheyenne share is the better gymnast flat out. If the two of them were in competition, Cher's going to win. She just does more and has more variety for it and everything and does it very, you know, picture perfect. But Lightning's a lot faster. Right. So by far the fastest girl in Glow. By far. And that makes the moves look even cooler because she comes at it so fast and so in different angles and everything. Oh, she's just become a joy to watch. Yeah, she's one of those people that really has um, kind of uh, just... uh just grown on you as you started watching it with right. the effort she she does put in. Um, so this match, you know, like I said, the unique pairing. I thought this was a very this was actually probably the one of the more uh, terrible English. Uh, one of the better booked matches, like yeah. storyline wise, because yeah. of them playing off the size difference and in everything like that. So uh, so educator, what would you think? The finish to this, I thought was cool. If the spot didn't take so long to finally pull off, I guess yeah. just the fact with uh, if the heel was down and selling more that they were just unaware of what was eventually to come for the finish of the match. But, you know, unfortunately, she's just standing there waiting and waiting and stand in the middle of the ring, just watching the setup for the finish to happen and like. You're not trying to make any effort to escape, not trying to make any effort to attack or anything like that. You're just sitting there waiting for the finish to happen. I just wish the timing was a little bit better on the heels end in order for that finish to come off the way it should would have come off better if it was better timed. I feel like you could have done a quick edit, like showed um because they were setting it up for MTV, right? Yeah. Like do a reaction shot to mama and then cut back. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I just, you know, weird booking, I guess, at the fr- at the start of the match where we're using coin tosses to decide who's going to start the match. Well, Apparently, the, the winners will split a pile of gold coins. Oh, well, then, yeah. So we, I guess have, we have to use a coin here as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind. The, I did not mind the go- the coin toss. I just wish that was like glow's thing. Like they did it for every tag match. Right. 
I guess. Like, just doing it as a one-off is just kind of like, okay, this is kind of Why weird. is it randomly inserted in here now? Yeah. But if it would have been... of the season, you know? Exactly. But if it would have been from the start, like, okay, this is just the way they do tag matches. Right. You know, oh, they're not holding the tag ropes. These are lucha rules. Whatever you want to say, um, you know, that's just what I would have gone with it. So, anyways, uh, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? So we get MTV attempting to serenade the crowd with a song, and then unfortunately just does not go over too well with the crowd. We get the weird coin flips to determine who's going to start the match. Lightning ends up hitting a drop kick to Big Bad Mama. They were the two that ended up starting the match itself. Um, it really doesn't phase Big Bad Mama too much. It staggers her back a little bit. We see lightning running around uh, multiple times, grabbing like a, a waist lock to kind of spin big mom, bad mom around a few times. She eventually ends up hitting a big chop block from behind on the big bad mama. But when big bad mama falls, she essentially sits right down and falls right onto lightning's body. Big bad mama and continues to uh, take advantage of the fact that she had fallen on top. She rams lightning's head into the canvas multiple times. We see Big Bad Mama with a big gut wrench onto Lightning and ends up swinging Lightning's legs around uh, to actually hit Fuji, uh, Mountain Fuji in the corner. And then she ends up uh, placing uh, Lightning over her knee and spanks her as if she's been naughty. Uh, She's gotten (laughs) in trouble. She got in trouble and has to go to the, uh, you know, go to the corner. Uh, You know, Big Bad Mama, she's disciplining her kids, send them to the corner after they've been in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> eventually mtv tags in and does a bunch of forearms to the body and eventually a big punt to the vagina to uh lightning to kind of take her down to the mat we see mtv choking lightning over the top rope and ends up slingshotting lightning back into the ring lightning is able to finally escape and makes the tag but the referee ended up missing the tag as big bad mama inserted herself in the match to act as a distraction Mountain Fiji visibly upset as she's forced to go back to the corner because the tag wasn't allowed. We see MTV with continued choking uh, of lightning over the the, uh, ropes itself. Eventually, lightning is able to rebound and hits a running drop kick to MTV, knocking her down. We see lightning with an Irish whip into the ropes and picks up MTV and gives her a big scoop slam. MTV uh, reverses a corner Irish whip and Big Mad Mama is able to tag back in. And ends up grabbing a side headlock onto Lightning. Big Bad Mama ends up tossing Lightning too close to Lightning's own corner. And is able to tag Mountain Fiji into the ring. And when Fiji gets into the ring, she even looks at the referee. Did you see this one? Did you see the tag? Am I legal now? So she's still fired up over the first tag that she ended up missing. We see Big Bad Mama attempting to beat up Mountain Fiji with a bunch of forearms. She does a double axe handle to uh, her body and a few knees to the gut to continue to work on Mountain Fiji. We see Big Mad Mama corner Mountain Fiji and hits a running avalanche. She tries to do a second running avalanche, but Mountain Fiji moves out of the way and ends up uh, hitting two uh, avalanches on, of, of her own onto Big Bad Mama. We see Fiji able to do a big hip toss to Big Bad Mama and then hit a clothesline uh, as Big Bad Mama was rebounding off of the ropes from an Irish whip. Big Bad Mama was eventually able to tag MTV in. MTV throws a a drop kick to Fiji uh, into her own corner. 
This allows Lightning to tag into the match, and Lightning climbs on top of Fiji's shoulders, very similar to the Andre the Giant uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka combos that we are familiar with in the past. And it just took forever for uh, the stability and Lightning to climb to the top of the shoulders of uh, Mountain Fiji, and MTV's just kind of sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And eventually lightning does jump off. It's impressive, but just the, the stalling that was needed to get this to happen. Uh, we see lightning jump off the top of Fiji's shoulders, hit a solid cross body on the MTV and is able to get the big one, two, three uh, pinfall victory. Post-match, we see a brawl with big bad mama getting body slammed by mountain Fiji and lightning tossing MTV over the top rope onto the floor. I, to the surprise of no one, I also had thorough notes for any spankings that took place during this match as well. Sure, no one would be shocked by it. Um, I just thought Lightning was incredible with it. Like, the way that she would avoid Mama and just kind of, like, swing around her because she'd get running so fast. All right, so Lightning being so ridiculously fast, what really got me was her like just running at mama swinging around running at her from another angle hitting mama kind of like swinging around her at all and and just keeping mama off base and everything it was real you know davy goliath thing happening here really impressed by it um but i also enjoy them going for the mama and fiji as two titans here when they face off like that was what really they, it seems like they're finally booking them correctly um going for the headbutt for the them as well and mama hitting fiji with the the crotch kick there wow that just seems like we've seen it many times like it's the new move of the week but hitting fiji with it just seems wrong and you're absolutely asking for trouble and I kind of like, and you don't see it that often because especially crotch shot for a guy, it immediately takes him down and they're injured and they're holding themselves and it gets, uh, lets the other person take advantage and all. But I like Fiji's way of selling it of I'm hurt, but I'm also so angry at you for doing this to me. That rage is overpowering my hurt and I'm coming for you. I kind of like that way of selling it. And I, I wish we would see that more from, from men as well for it. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it's not just the Titans here. MTV thrown lightning so hard into her own corner that lightning bounces out and can't tag Fiji in. Like, what a great bit of selling from lightning to pull that off. It was just so cool looking. Um, again, just tons of fun stuff from all of them. I like that Mountain Fiji will not go down no matter what. Mama hits her a lot in this match. A knee to the face that looks nasty, biting her and all. Just desperately trying anything to take her down. And even avalanches, it's not happening. So much fun. Like we said, that ending is fantastic. Lightning jumping off of Fiji. Better editing. Better cut for it. I don't understand why they couldn't. You know, it's glow. Like, you could have probably retaped stuff. And the fans, which I got to assume and treats would know better than I do. I gotta assume a lot of these Vegas fans are not necessarily like huge wrestling fans or, you know, they're just looking for something to do for the day. 
oh, they recorded a show. Let's go watch. So if they went ahead and recorded a like, oh, we messed it up. Let's re-record it. Who would know the difference? Yeah, I'm going to guess this is a show you could go. All right, so Vegas has these shows that are um, they do like half price tickets and stuff like that. They have little kiosks outside. I'm going to imagine those were still around back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. So it could be like, oh, why don't we go see this this women's wrestling for 20 bucks or whatever. And it's regular priced 40. Or they could have done comp tickets at the hotel at the Riv um, right. to get people in. But it, it also, too, appears that you do have your diehards. You have the guy that's dressing up and the screaming in Beastie's face. He's got... Um, kind of the Jason mask when dementia comes out and stuff like that. So probably a good little mix, but yeah, I'm going to guess most of the people in there are not, um, you know, not, you know, it's funny though. You do see a lot of kids in there now where the Riviera was located was next to circus circus, like right around in that area. So circus circus has like an amusement park for kids. That was kind of, they were a family thing. So I'm curious if they, they pulled a lot of people from there. Would you take a kid to Vegas, though? No, absolutely not. No, not for what I do. (laughs) Speaking of punts to the Vaj, um, there is a guy in downtown Vegas for $10 lets you kick him in the nuts. That's crazy. Why do I feel like Kevin would take advantage of that? (laughs) I don't know. After about two or three, I think he'd call it a day. I mean, the big debate would be like, listen, I got a 20. So do I want you to give me 10 bucks and change or do I want to kick you twice? <laughs> There's got to be something where he, he doesn't have them anymore or he's wearing his cop. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. There's got to be something different. Yeah, maybe he just gets off on it. No, the guy looks like he's homeless. So. What, homeless people can't have kinks? <laughs> Go on YouTube, type kicking the nuts Vegas and this guy will pop up. Ten bucks. Let's kick him in the. I go on YouTube for it, not Google. Yeah, the videos. I see. I didn't realize for the price of ten bucks that you got a video of your experience as well. (laughs) I mean, no, he doesn't like do a like a package. Literally, Um, he's doing he's doing uh, you know people around him. They all take their cameras out and stuff like that. Post a link to it, Kevin, when the show because I ain't changing the tweet. Um, why don't we move on from there? Why don't we move on to Godiva's Bear Facts? We get an NTV's Glow Connection. Woo! And then we go into a run for the rubies match, which is Daisy, who is a heel again, taking on Babe, the farmer's daughter. Uh, what's going on? What's, what's going on here with Big Daisy Cool? It's crazy. She's, you know, she got away from Gremlina, but now she's coming to the ring and she's hugging and kissing Aunt Kitty, who is the manager of the Heel Lady Stable. I don't know. I just don't understand. Now, if you. Okay. My theory is they're implying Daisy is mentally ill. And the damage Grimlina did was so strong, even though she's turned face, she doesn't know it's still tough for her to go into this new life. Right. I'm not making light of the situation, but as an example, a person in an abusive relationship who keeps going back because they don't know the the new of some, you know, breaking free and all is so scary 
that sticking with a bad situation somehow seems better. Right. Daisy, like, I want to go this way, but it's scary. And while this is not pleasant, it's at least familiar and I know what I'm expecting. I also wonder, considering something coming up later, if they were going for a Daisy's mentally ill thing, that another character, which on our first episode, they had a disclaimer of we're not making fun of the mentally ill from this character, who changes later in this episode if right. Flo actually got you know, letters, uh, advertiser threatened to quit, something like that over you can't you can do a lot of other crap on here, but making fun of people's mental stabilities, where we draw the line. <laughs> right. Well, okay, so I don't know what's going on here with Big Daisy Cool. I'm not sure. I liked her as the face. Now she's the heel. Uh, apparently, Johnny C's got all these women. It's, yeah, and this was nuts. I'm like, babes all fired up. Fired up that Johnny C asks out Daisy. Daisy like, okay, let's do it. And now Daisy's coming down because he, he's a big two-time and, you know, what a hussy or whatever. And I'm just like, wait a minute. What in the world's going on? He He's just, you know, he's got a harem of glow gals, I guess. I don't know. If I could give a little life advice to Johnny C from personal experience, <laughs> when you hit on every girl you work with, you're not going to get anywhere with any of them because none of them feel special. Feel like, oh, you just hit on everyone. You don't actually mean it hitting on me. You need to you need to just pick like one or two to hit on. Make them feel special. Right, right. Just make sure one works the morning shift, one works the night shift. Oh, sure, sure. You know, <laughs> when, one, when one goes away to college, you got your backup one to hit on. You know, see how it goes. You hit on your, your full-time, your part-time, and your temporary. Yeah. But not all. That's that's where you draw the line. Oh, okay. Yeah, Johnny C did not understand that. Um, the only thing I could think of about this match was, do you think this match was part of the tapings for the Run for the Rubies? Or no. do you think it was just, they had it in the vault, let's use it? They're cutting and pasting together to make shows. Yeah, I think even, even showing the Ruby, I think was, I don't think it was there. I think it was an, uh, a separate camera angle. Right for it, and they're implying. But yeah, I absolutely think that this match already happened. They lucked out because Gremlin is not there with her, and they just rolled with it to use this filler. Right. Yeah. All right, educator. Why don't you go ahead and break down match number three, which is Babe, the farmer's daughter, taking on Big Daisy Cool. All right. So uh, Daisy is in the ring. Uh, she's reluctant, you know, says to Johnny C, yes, so that she'll go out with him. And so Babe gets all fired up and runs in the ring, beats up Johnny C for being a two timer. We see the match starting with Daisy hitting a drop kick. And um, I'm sorry, Babe hitting a running drop kick onto Daisy and ends up standing on Daisy's hair, pulling her up to stretch out her hair. Daisy eventually recovers and does an Irish whip and a big back body drop uh, to Babe the Farmer's Daughter. We see Daisy hit an Irish whip and a big hip toss like Beal to Babe the Farmer's Daughter to take her to the canvas. Daisy does another Irish whip and hits the big Kevin Nash diesel-like boot and eventually another scoop slam to take Baby down to the canvas. Babe tries to climb to the top rope to do a big crossbody, but Daisy catches her and essentially just tosses her over to the side. 
And then suddenly, on uh, some kind of distraction, Babe was able to get a roll-up maneuver onto Daisy, but only gets a two-count from the referee. Daisy ends up reversing an Irish whip attempt and catches Babe with a big side suplex, kind of like old-school Dino Bravo style. The big side suplex is enough to ca- cause Babe to fall pinfall for the big 1-2-3 victory. Your winner and advancing in the tournament is Daisy. I mean, just for how the match started, it seems more of a Babe when she was under Gremlina's spell. Um, Babe starting out with a huge drop kick, which just for Daisy's size shouldn't have happened. Uh, Babe's really giving her beating, sta- standing on her hair and doing that thing where you pull up the opponent's arm, but you're standing on their hair to hold that back and everything. Like her being in control was more the heel style Daisy until she kind of wakes up and realizes, oh, I'm I'm actually big and powerful here and is out of her days. Uh, I had that idea of Daisy being mentally ill. Babe actually has a big inset that pops up that she kind of gives that theory as well. A lot of weird uh, inserts in this episode, too, and and the next one as well. But it's also, it's not full confidence, Daisy. I think with the face turn, we saw a different kind of Daisy wrestling, and that's not the one on display here. Like, not as aggressive, not moving as well, not as strong, not as powerful, not as with it. Uh, so I'm absolutely guessing that this was the one filmed beforehand. You know, what? We, we keep talking about, like, rebooking Glow, uh, you know, with different order and all. I kind of want to take it, because, you know, we're talking 30 years later for a lot of these women and everything. I kind of want to take it as a comic, redo it. So they could all still look the same. Yeah, why don't you? I'm trying. I can't draw that well. What's stopping you? I could write it. Write it and I'll find an artist for it. Okay, there you go. Change things just enough for copyright infringement. If there's any artists out there that wants to... Draw beautiful girls and put my ideas to paper. uh, Go to Kevin's uh, Twitter page. Slide in those DMs. So, all right, uh, educator, you ready? We're going to reform school. Oh, we got the vocab word of the day. The word of the day is gaunt. How does Sarah and Mabel use the word gaunt? Here today, gone tomorrow. No, sure. They didn't do it. Sorry. I don't know why you even like these. <laughs> like, in all honesty, it's so bad. It's, uh, so, it's so fun to see characters that are absolutely English-only characters butchering English. Now, I will say, uh, just to give you guys a heads up, I uh, I did a little bit of YouTube searching around, and uh, I found an older episode of previous to the season and I'm trying. I was trying to figure out Hollywood's partner Vine and when they were like the tag champions, and uh, the girls that play uh, Sarah and Mabel. They're not anyone that we've seen before. They were under various characters. They're the housemates, they right? Uh, they were also the heavy metal rockers or something like that as yep. well. And uh, yeah, so they're very, very, very different. Which crazy thing is, and, and I mean, you know, for a peek into my psyche, the heavy metal characters are actually, like, kind of cute. Yeah. And I dig them and everything. Mm-hmm. And to think that that's Sarah and Mabel is just, like, 
I I can't mentally accept it. Right. Certain people because of the characters being so horribly racist are just unattractive as well. Right. But then you see this other gimmick. I'm like, damn it. It's awful when a pretty girl has a terrible mind. <laughs> so we followed that up with a shampoo commercial. <laughs> then we get Mountain Fiji's dream sequence with Zelda. And that Zelda's leads us... just looking awkward dancing with Mountain Fiji. Yeah. Well, of course, they all, for the most part, they all do. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a weird segment. And I don't understand. It's Mountain Fiji, but then on the screen, it's Mount Miranda. Because it's her Carmen Miranda character. I get it. Okay. So I'm a little slow on that. There it is. 19, 19 episodes to figure it out. Thanks. Can I ask a question, Kevin? Was today day, mm-hmm. today days old. So Glow took place at the Riviera. Hey, you did it! Hi. I'm very proud of you. No, but took place in what 1988, 89, yeah. All right. So I mean, Carmen I mean, Miranda, season we're looking at, is long dead probably. Died in you ready? 1955. Yep. I mean, that reference, I mean, it would fit well at the retro network in the 1980s, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even like there's old Bugs Bunny cartoons where he dresses up in the Carmen Miranda outfit to distract the bad guy of that of the cartoon. I mean, is it just it was it that iconic? I feel like a takeoff of her was done as a cartoon character for Chiquita Bananas as well. Right. So I think it was just like a. I, I feel people were aware of the character, but probably didn't even know like where it came from or the origins of it or anything. It was just kind of like, why is this a thing? Why is this famous? I don't know. I, I just find it interesting that, I mean, this is uh, 30 years after her death and they're they're pushing it. Um, just I, I thought it was uh, very, very interesting. So, um yeah, so match number four on the card is a tag team match. Talk about uh, strange bedfellows here. Uh, Zelda with Vicky Victory taking on Sarah and Mabel. What do you guys think of this tag team of Zelda and Vicky Victory? I don't understand what's going on with, I mean, there's already a dedicated tag team with the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we, what are we doing here? Are, 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 one of them, le- you know, is is the uh, uh, Cheyenne Share leaving? Are we just, you know, throwing darts at random pictures to see who's going to tag up, you know, in the locker room? I mean, at least you got Sarah and Mabel, the dedicated team that are still staying together. But I mean, it's just be like, you know, are we are we going to just randomly put Mabel with Beastie and have a tag match or, you know, Sarah with Godiva and have a tag match? You know, I don't I don't know. Um, I will say that uh, throwing Darts at board, see who you hook up with that night. Sounds like an interesting takeoff on a key party. I'm guessing for the point of the episode, they're like, well, Vicky can't team up with Cheyenne Cher because Cheyenne Cher has a run for the movie Ruby's match later. But That's we know true. these things were not taped at the same time, though. Right, exactly. And in the next episode, Tanya does double duty. Right. So you could do it. I don't. It, I, it can make sense for this episode, but knowing what we know for the actual tapings and schedule, I don't understand. Why not just do... You could have had Mountain Fiji and Vicky Victory together. Right. Yeah. And then Zelda and Lightning taking Zelda and Lightning, Sarah right. Mabel. It's that simple. But um, All right, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this weird tag team match? <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your Kevin Hellions glow hot tag. I'm sorry, man. As soon as the doink the clown thing started to happen in this match, I'm like, nope, not for me. Kevin, why don't you break it down? (sighs) All right, fans and friends, if you're new here. Once an episode, and you've made it this long, <laughs> once an episode, these two get together and decide that it's time to flip the script, as the kids say, and I have to call a match. All right, but, but before we go, let's correct Kevin. Mm. You act like me and Matt get together in a dark room. Yeah, all right. And we discuss which match we think you're going to have, like, I don't know, the naughtiest notes for, or like the worst notes for. No, you know how this is decided? Matt sends me a text message and goes, hey, this is the match. Okay, that's it. I don't decide anything. <laughs> he's, he's only made aware. That's it. Yeah. Get over it. I'm healing on you hard. <laughs> Building towns, brother. <laughs> All right. So once a week, these two mysteriously text and decide which match I will call. You're such an asshole. <laughs> These are just my show notes, no different than anything else. Um, and I don't know what match we're going to call. So this is just, just what I wrote down for. Coincidentally, lately, though, the match of the week seems to be the racist match of the week for me as well. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> so we have a no DQ, anything goes. Ref is only in for the pinfall match. Zelda and Vicky victory versus Sarah and Mabel. Sarah and Mabel come out with their reading material for the week, show that they're educated, with a nice book called How to Cook a Cheerleader. The Hoods, Sarah and Mabel, decide to choke the faces, so on Vicky Victory. A lot of hair pulling, a lot of running into the ring post. Sarah chokes Victory right onto one of the posts here. Uh, meanwhile, Mabel and Zelda are fighting, and we're not quite sure what's going on. And then, out of nowhere, we see that Zelda has a Mabel costume and is putting the Mabel costume on ringside floor, opposite from the other two wrestlers, opposite from the referee. Grants no DQ match, anyways. And Mabel's knocked out long enough that she doesn't see this at all. When she's finally ready. Sarah goes ahead and puts Vicky into a barbecue. She tries to light it, and then Zelda slash Mabel comes up to Sarah. I love this spot, because it is just a cartoon come to life. One of those racist Bugs Bunny cartoons that you can't see during normal Bugs Bunny cartoons, but maybe Boomerang plays at like midnight. So Sarah has a match and tries to light the barbecue with Vicky inside of it. But Zelda, as Mabel, blows out the match. And then they repeat this whole process. While Sarah's trying to get something else to light the barbecue, Zelda lifts up her mask and lets Vicky know the secret. It is actually Zelda as Mabel, and not Mabel as Mabel. Zelda as Mabel convinces Sarah, we can't cook Vicky in here. Her legs won't fit in the grill. Sarah agrees and they get Vicky out of the barbecue, thus saving her life from fire. Sarah rolls up Earth, tosses Vicky back into the ring, rolls her up for a pin. Zelda's confused. She doesn't want to let the 
facade go, but her partner's about to get pinned, and Zelda slash Mabel breaks up the pin. There's a bit of an argument between Sarah and fake Mabel here. Vicky flips on to Sarah, though, in all this confusion, and gets the pin. Vicky and Zelda, as Mabel, get the win. Mabel, real Mabel, finally comes in, attacks Zelda Mabel. Sarah is very confused, doesn't know what's going on. I mean, really, I think for her character, she just thinks certain people all look alike. Can't tell the difference. So she's very confused here by Mabel and Zelda Mabel. Thankfully, Vicky Victory is still there as a good tag team partner and comes in and rescues Zelda from the hoods. And they all lived happily ever after. And that has been your Kevin Hellion's Glow Breakdown. Yeah. So, Educator, anything you want to add about the tag match? The grill <laughs> and the lighter fluid <laughs> and the attempted flame you know, to, to light, you know, Vicky victory on fire. That's what made put put me out of the, the whole loop of wanting to, to cover this. Really? Match. So big Kev, I appreciate you doing, doing the honors for this one. See, I thought it was just so ridiculous and over the top. <laughs> I had no problem with it. <laughs> I myself am ridiculous and over the top. Hey, right. Hey, uh, no. Yeah, it was, it's something stupid. Definitely. It makes zero <laughs> sense. The right. grill makes no sense whatsoever. How to cook a cheerleader is stupid. Now, it would make sense if you had like a witch's gimmick, if they were witches. Well, if I'm putting way too much faith in here. Kevin, don't don't even try. No, don't even. No, because there's the, there's the Twilight Zone episode no. of like how to cook human, how to cook for human. No. You know. You mean the Treehouse of Horror? You mean the Treehouse of Horror episode? Sure, sure. Take your cultural touchstone where it may be, depending on how old you are. Do you think there's someone that's like, no, this is that glow episode? It reminds me of how to cook a cheerleader. Uh, okay, so I had a friend's kid was over, teenager. And she said, oh, I like this Eminem song, but I like the original more. And it was Stan. And I dear, damn near broke my neck giving her a dirty side eye look of, are you kidding me? Uh, the Eminem song? She thought the Eminem song, Stan, was a cover of some modern singer who has a version of it. That she found on Spotify or whatever. There's a modern version of Stan? Apparently. Oh. And I was like, do you mean... Because he sampled Adele for it? Nope, not what she meant at all. He didn't sample Adele for it. Not Adele, not even close, man. Or sorry, Dido. Dido. There we go. Jeez there Louise. Apologies. I could use that song in uh, retro now too. It's like twenty years old. No, doesn't which seem is that scary. old. Gosh, that is crazy. You were old men. And by the way, yeah. Kevin, I like how on the podcast with Jason, you're like, man, he's like forty. He's. Like, He's like three years younger than us. I would have been in your high school if that was the case. My brother is three years younger than you guys. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm i not writing about retro stuff because I could do math. I'm also not talking about wrestling because I was able to run in the ring. You know what? I was going to read your next thing, but I was waiting for a brick to fall on your head, Kevin. So. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. So, all right. So moving on, we go to Beastie's Beanery. We get a shampoo commercial. 
We get Country Girl Dates. And then we get our second match for the Run for the Rubies. Third match? Third match Third for match. the Run for the Rubies tournament, which is the Widow in Black taking on Ooh, a Shiny debut. Um, so question Re-ima- for you. A reimagining. Question for you, guys. Mm-hmm. Is this where Alexa Bliss is getting her fiend stuff from? Is Dementia slash the woman in the black? The Widow in the black, excuse me. I don't know. I don't think so. No. I thought I'd throw that out there. Um, no, no, no. I mean, it's it's crazy. We're so used to the dementia character, and now she's getting a ring wrap intro where she's talking, and it's just weird now seeing the actress who played. It's almost like talking. they're backwards, right? Like mm. we should have been introduced to this, the widow in black first. But maybe we was was she always dementia through season one and season two? So here's the thing. The girl who we've been following as dementia, who is now the widow in black. She's actually the second character that or second person that's played a character of dementia. What? What? Yes. Mm -hmm. There was a different there was a different dementia that existed in seasons one and two. It's it's going to be on the A&E biography. Much like there are two Ultimate Warriors, but <laughs> why bring her in? Why not just bring her in as the Widow in Black? Why even do mm-hmm. her as the second dimension character? She's I, fantastic. I Either way, she—I I, I really mm. like her. She's a great performer, but it's weird. It's crazy. To go back to your Alexa Bliss question, I could see Bray Wyatt is aware of this and studies things because I think he just absorbs as much information as he can to come up with stuff, and then he would give no to Alexa and she's doing it on you know taking it from his notes I could see that because he bring being influenced by any number of things along the way um but also this because uh, when we did the crossover with that odds dementia was Joe's favorite and I was like really but seeing her as widow in black she's pretty cute oh yeah the huh. change in the ring gear yeah a little bit more form fitting and whatnot oh yeah she's all right yeah yeah no, she's she's fantastic. She's a great performer too. She shows a little more aggression too in her ring style. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which yep. which I thought was really well. Um, well, but, she's like a catatonic zombie as dementia, so you know, <laughs> you can only go up. <laughs> exactly right. All right. Uh, so, do you guys want to get right into this main event? I thought best match on the card. I mean, they, they worked really yeah. well together. Absolutely, definitely fun stuff. Just unique and engaging to to watch because we're so used to the dementia character and now playing obviously this new version and at least for the home audience the announcer does a good job you know kind of like explaining what's going on the striking resemblance uh to uh dementia perhaps there is a whole you know extra personality here uh that we'll have to eventually take a look at that she's got a split personality that we'll have to examine in a future episode so at least there's a little bit of storytelling to explain to the audience what's going on with a sudden change kind of helped out with the flow of the match in my opinion yeah and even the announcer at one point said another pos- another personality of dementia i'm like so far we only knew the one so another implies like third or fourth you know not second right all right, so go ahead and uh, break this one down. All righty. So we see the start of the match with the Widow in Black hitting a pretty decent back body drop onto Cheyenne Shear. As Cheyenne Shear tries to get up, the Widow in Black does a claw hold to her head to kind of hold her down to the canvas. 
Uh, the widow ends up picking up Cheyenne's share and can, continues to punt uh, punt her in the, in the abdomen. The widow is, then does an Irish whip, and Cheyenne share does like a twisting press to avoid a scoop slam, and ends up kicking the widow in the back of the legs to sweep her off of her feet and crash on the canvas itself. Cheyenne share ends up hitting a big running splash. We end up getting a two count from the referee. We see the widow kicking Cheyenne share in the abdomen. And here we get a little storytelling for the at-home audience with the commentator suggesting the widow has a striking resemblance to dementia. It's another personality uh, of the hatchet lady that we're going to have to investigate into further. We see Cheyenne Shear ducking a clothesline uh, attempt by the widow and then hitting a running knee lift. Um, or at, and avoiding, I should say, a running knee lift also attempted by the widow it's, uh, herself. We see the widow now choking Cheyenne Share against the ropes, does a double-handed arm drag to take her down to the canvas. Cheyenne Share ends up countering uh, or rebounding with a one-legged monkey flip to take the widow over uh, to the canvas. We see Cheyenne Share with an Irish whip, ends up catching the widow with a scoop power slam. It was almost kind of like a, a running power slam a little bit. And she is able to get the big one, two, three pinfall victory and advancing in the next round in the run for the Rubies tournament. Their winner, Cheyenne Cher. Now, I was shocked to see the aggression coming out of Widow here. And, you know, we'll watch things of like, I I will be surprised that anyone would do what Nick Gage does or the people get in the ring with him knowing you're about to get sliced open. Or, you know, we've seen the Road Warrior stuff or interviews with people like, you know, you're getting your ass kicked tonight. Um, but Widow goes at it hard, but Cheyenne Share gives it right back, too. And, like, I have no problem. I'm certainly not a wrestler. None of us are. But if you're both on the same level of we're going to beat the hell out of each other and you're on the same level for it, go for it. Made it such a good, interesting match, too. I honestly wish... My, my only complaint, Cher looks fantastic. There's good chemistry here. There's a lot of good work. I wish widow had more time to be the widow in black instead of dementia because she's wrestling such a different style if she had been this widow in black character all along i think this match could have been better because she would have had more experience wrestling like that but this is such a departure with the speed the energy the selling uh, not having a dress <laughs> that couldn't get caught up in things all of it for the woman playing widow in dementia that i i think it kind of the, the change is hurting her a little bit just because now it's like she has to learn everything all over again and make it flow. Um, she appears later on. I hope she, for the remainder that we have of the series, I hope she continues to appear. As much as I like to mention, this is widow and black character has got a lot of potential for some interesting stuff here. Yeah, she would have been a good tag team partner too with uh, Evangelina. Yeah. I, I Honestly, thought. She'd probably carry, she'd probably carry that match. Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, like I said, I wish we would have been introduced to this character first, then Dementia later. Mm -hmm. I think that would actually make sense, too, in a weird way. But what do I know? Uh, so we follow that up with Declan's favorite segment on Glow. That's the Mirror Mirror with Vicky Victory. Uh, we get another Run for the Rubies commercial. Uh, we get our Don't Do Drugs PSA with Hollywood. We get a Cheyenne Sheer Indian folklore, the credits roll, and then we get Johnny C with Major Tanya. 
Um, so what'd you guys think of this match or this match? Yeah. So what'd you guys think of this episode? It's not bad. There's stuff that has potential. There's stuff that could have been better. It's a very big, and I apologize that we sound like a broken record here for it, but it's a very big, gee, one more edit. This could have been something. Like one more pass, one more rearrange. A, a, a long-term plan. Like, it really felt like an episode. A lot of the pieces are there, but it's just not done well. I actually like the episode in that we got to see a revision of, you know, a, a character that we've been following for the first, of course, you know, since the start of the season. Um, interesting to see what direction they're going to go with her, how this is all going to play out, as well as like what the future brings for what appears to be the the split up team of Thunderbolt and Lightning with Thunderbolt not being around whatsoever anymore, as well as, you know, how they're going to end up handling uh, the the bracketing, I guess, for the run for the Rubies tournament as we're and now, I believe, officially through the introductory round of the first 20, 20 ladies. And now we should be going to second round matches only. Does that sound right, sirs? It it sounds right. But man, it's not going to shock me if someone's injured or disappears or whatever. Right. Or, yeah, it makes sense. So. I was surprised neither of you brought up some. I, I write it down as the one liners. The, the little jokes as the credits roll. That's my note for it. Um, two interesting ones during it. Uh, Sarah and Mabel threaten to take out Cheyenne Cher. And they say they're going to give her a wounded knee. So yep. usual Sarah Mabel stuff there. But the one I thought was like maybe a little inside baseball dig for it was why is babe such a bad wrestler oh because sally was her teacher and i'm thinking we have constantly said sally's one of the worst ones on here constantly and then rolling into next episode joke became a little more interesting too yeah we will leave you with that intrigue though why don't we go ahead, take a small commercial break, and we'll be back after these messages. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is, everyone. Go, 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 go. Go retro, it's your birthday, and you know that we are going to celebrate Cause it is your anniversary So come on and let's go retro Everybody can find me in the VIP lounge Shocking to the cool kids keeping out the clowns Celebrating all those nostalgia trips All thanks to Jason and my boy Nick They put it together for the community A bunch of misfits who fit perfectly A podcast released every day of the week Jason and Mickey tell us what to eat So hop into our TRN time machine TRN drive-in movies on the screen box office 30 dropping all the facts then secret quest they can reboot that wizards are our guides through the magazines rental return watch for the late bees now we got a very brady podcast we need a bracket to handle this madness now let's go over recurrent events the after hours can get kind of intense the retro network yeah don't bet against mickey and jason may run for president 
And I forgot to mention my own show. It's the house show right here on the retro every Thursday. You can download it. Actually, you're probably listening to it now that I think about it. So I guess I'm just going to stop my rap right there. Uh, if Mickey and Jason ever did run for president, they would run on the ticket of bringing Hills back to America. Happy anniversary, guys. Happy birthday, Retro Network. I love all of you. And we are back, and once again, we're in the women's locker room. Feels good in here, Kevin, doesn't it? It does. It does. Nice and cool. We get our Riviera card rundown. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip. We get our glow wrap. And then we go right into match number one on the card, which we've actually referred to twice on the first part of the show. Uh, because this is match number one uh, for Major Tanya. She's got two matches on. We talked about the double duty. And she's taking on Sally, the farmer's daughter. Um, is that right, Kevin? Uh, that's what it's supposed to be, but we have a rare glow swerve. Card subject to change. Yeah, so it ends up being Babe, the farmer's daughter, that uh, gets her second shot at the run for the Rubies tournament. Um, uh, well, it's it's traditional farmer's daughter's rules. If you're in the family way, no, nope, that's when the shotgun comes out. If you're a member <laughs> of the family, you you can you can tag in and out with each other. Nope, nope. If you're a member of the family, you can take the place of another family. There we go. There it is. My Three question is, charm. how come they didn't substitute Tulsa in at this point? Because has Tulsa had a match in the run for the Rubies tournament? Yeah. She hmm? and she advanced, didn't she? I no, so. she, no, she oh, didn't. no, she no. was defeated. So all the farmer's daughters are defeated. They're out of there. Yeah. Right. Well, Babe is good, but Tulsa's just okay. So my question is, if Babe won, <laughs> so I know what you were going for, Kevin. If 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 Babe won this match, would have Sally moved on, or would have been Babe? I don't babe. know. If to me, probably it would have been Babe. But also at the same time, I'm with Major Tanya on this one. Getting on the microphone and saying, hey, no, I signed up. I have a contract. I am supposed to be going against Sally. This is the next round of the tournament. If she's no showing, then I should win by forfeit. Major Tanya, I am in agreement with you. It should be forfeit, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down the first match on the card, which is Major Tanya taking on Babe, the farmer's daughter. So according, according to Babe, Sally had to go home to deal with some family emergency. Big sister had to go home and take care of business. So little, little sister's going to be here in her stead and uh, taking her spot in the run for the Rubies match in the second round. We see the start of the match with Major Tanya with an Irish whip into the ropes to uh, Babe and hits a big scoop slam. Major Tanya with a big gut wrench over to her shoulder to turn it into a backbreaker. We see Major Tanya with a corner Irish whip, but Babe is able to catch her into a, a head scissors as Major Tanya runs into the corner. We see Babe working an arm bar, and then eventually she twists it around uh, and uh, gets Major Tanya on the canvas and does a leg drop onto that arm and shoulder. We see Major Tanya eventually escape and ends up grabbing a side headlock and eventually a Irish whip where Babe is able to counter from that Irish whip and hit a running drop kick that knocks Major Tanya down to the canvas. 
We see Babe with a big flying body press off of the top rope. Major uh, Tanya does a double leg takedown, turns it into a catapult, and sends Babe across the ring and is then able to follow up with a few head slams into the canvas. We see Major Tanya with a scoop slam on, and then converts it into a backbreaker, dropping Babe over her knee. Babe is able to recover and reverses an Irish whip attempt and ends up hitting a running sit-out clothesline, very similar to old-school Bret Hart, old-school Macho Man Randy Savage. It was actually a pretty cool running clothesline. would be akin to like modern-day Daniel Bryan. We see Babe trying to do a second uh, running cross body, but Major Tanya ends up catching her and slams her to the canvas. Major Tanya is able to do a big fireman's carry and turns it into a slam and then follows up with a second body slam down to the canvas. We see Major Ganya pick uh, Major Tanya uh, pick up Babe while kind of like a gut wrench, turning it into a pile driver. She drops hard down onto her knees. Major Tanya then does a big punt to the uh, side of Babe and then stands one foot in the oh, on top of Babe, celebrates and poses as the referee counts a big one, two, three victory. Your winner and advancing on to the next round is Major Tanya. It feels like Tanya's trying to be what Ninochka was, but she doesn't have Ninochka's skill level or strength. And so some of the stuff gets messed up because overall it's not bad, but Tanya just seems like she's more sure of herself than her actual skill will allow and pushing it because whatever she was going for at the end was my cringe moment of the episode when I thought someone's getting hurt and someone's getting hurt bad. Cause Ninochka did the inverted bear hug and that's not a bad move, but I think you could really do something with that there. Tanya picks up babe and it looks like she's going for the same, but the positioning is horribly wrong. And then she just drops for pile driver and the positioning's even worse for that. And yet it's the it, glow so far does very super protected pile drivers. It's more the tombstone, you know, to the knees than dropping down to the butt. But still, just how Babe was set up, I'm like, this isn't going to go well. This is not going to go well by any means. Did okay, though. Everyone seems all right. Um, Not a bad one, honestly. I think, like, the, the best I would have expected from both women for the match. Well, wasn't bad. Made sense. Tanya moves on, which honestly makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're really building her up, too. They're really just plugging her in, and uh, she's taking over for Nanachka. I mean, it's not skipping mm-hmm. a beat. I mean, they did that with Dementia, apparently. They might as well do it with the Russian uh, yeah, heel. Really. So we're going to Dr. Feel and Grope, and he is hanging out with MTV. Um, we get a Now, sh- yes, I just want to say, here is when Declan ran in asking, where's Mirror Mirror? Because there's something either uh, how MTV, I think it was the thicker commercial, actually. I call it the thicker commercial, the shampoo commercial. Right. Um, I think there's something about it. You may have seen Vicky out of the corner of his eye and he came running. So I had to replay the pie hit from the previous episode. I had to come for the pie hit on this one. And then I went through my notes and found the episode where there were two pie hits. Got that for him, too. Have you just went on YouTube to see if there's a compilation? I'm sure there likely is. Let me see if I can find a pie compilation online. Google it. 
See what see what pops up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get a shampoo commercial. Then we get our Mountain Fiji Dream sequence actually early. And we get that old bag of bones Tulsa in there. Um, and then we go on to match number two on the card, which is lightning. Oh, my God. Sorry. There is. There's a 16-minute mix. There you go. Well, there goes 16 minutes tomorrow. There. That's what I say to my wife. Um, number one, if Declan's watching it, will he sit down and watch the whole 16 minutes or will he? Yes, he will. And then he'll want to watch it again. Oh, okay. So there's 32 minutes. Um, so we get <laughs> we get Lightning and Zelda taking on Big Bad Mama in a handicap match. And like I said on the previous episode, we should have had Zelda and Lightning tag teaming in the episode before for have this to make right. more sense. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense now. It'll be another another just throwing a couple of uh, darts at the dart <laughs> at the picture wall just to see who's going to tag up. Fun to see Big Bad Mama, you know, for what her gimmick is supposed to be. Resort to the old shady tactics. Fun to see how the two ladies interact when the voodoo spell is put on them. It's uh, it's good stuff. I like this. This is it's cheesy, corny entertainment at its finest. It, yeah, like I was saying last episode, I want Glow to be just fun, stupid, silly, entertaining, and this one is. I love this. It's been a while since we've seen a good mama voodoo match, and this was just stupid fun for me. No, absolutely. Um, so, educator, why don't you go ahead and, and break down the shenanigans? So I don't know if it just struck out as odd to me, but during the entrances, when lightning came running down to the ring, the way that the camera was panning on her and she ended up doing a cartwheel, I thought she was like going to fall over in her cartwheel at ringside. It just, it seemed very awkward looking. Uh, Zelda does her traditional, I can't step over the top rope, so I'm going to struggle and end up taking a bump to get into the ring uh, intro that she typically does. We end up seeing Lightning trying to climb onto Big Bad Mama's back uh, to start the match, but Big Bad Mama ends up beeling her over. I liked this type of handicap match in that it's not a one-on-one and then the other partner is at the corner. It's two ladies in the ring against the one lady. So it was fun for the dynamic than what you know we're used to when we see uh, handicap matches. Uh, we see Lightning and Zelda do a double team where they each grab a leg to take down Big Bad Mama, and they were successful in getting her to topple back and crash hard onto the canvas. And then she, they end up are successfully rolling her over where each – Lightning and Zelda grab a leg and essentially do a single leg Boston Crab. Big Bad Mama is able to get out of that double leg crab and ends up getting up and then sprinkling some voodoo dust onto the face team where the girls end up switching personalities where Zelda is now thinking she is the superhero Lightning and where Lightning now has the personality and the nerdy quirkiness of Zelda. So we now see Zelda doing cartwheels all around in the ring and lightning is climbing to the top rope and ends up taking a bump and falling back into the ring because, you know, Zelda has zero sensibility for balance. Uh, we see Zelda uh, do a cartwheel into an elbow drop a few times on the big bad mama lightning just does traditional elbow drops onto a down big bad mama. The faces end up doing a double arm bar but Big Bad Mama is able to power out and escape. 
We end up seeing Big Bad Mama ramming the faces' heads together, a double noggin nogger, and it looked like it was pretty stiff how hard their heads actually hit together. Uh, Big Bad Mama ends up tossing lightning over the top rope, lightning who thinks is she's Zelda, over the top rope onto the floor. We see Big Bad Mama scoop slamming Zelda. Big Bad Mama does a corner Irish whip to Zelda, and then Big Bad Mama then does another Irish whip to Lightning and ends up hitting a big hip toss uh, Beal over into the middle of the ring. Zelda climbs to the top rope. She can now do so because she's still under the voodoo spell, and now she has uh, Lightning's ability. But Big Bad Mama, as she's at the top rope, uh, as Lightning is or Zelda is at the top rope, Big Bad Mama casts a second spell that returns Zelda's personality back to Zelda. This causes the character who actually plays Zelda now to actually fall back to the canvas because she has a regular personality. Now both of the girls end up having Zelda's personality. And this is where it just completely gets over the top. Silly, but like goofy silly. It's fun. So Zelda is being Zelda, but then Lightning also thinks that she is Zelda. And now the two start bickering back and forth as two brainiac nerds in the middle of the match. It's great. We end up seeing Big Bad Mama sending both into the ropes and ends up hitting for an Irish whip and ends up hitting a double clothesline. Uh, Big Bad Mama is able to pile lightning on top of Zelda's body and then sits on both for the big one, two, three pinfall finish. Your winner, Big Bad Mama. Uh, uh, Mama should have won. I get it. But geez, I like this match. We've talked about how good lightning is in the ring lately. She was great in this reversal role, though, playing the character, playing Zelda. But credit to Zelda. She did. She played lightning well. She can actually move. She can actually not hold her own, but like have a good showing in the ring. Like it really shows how good the comedic character is when she had to drop it and wrestle in here. I was actually really impressed with Zelda in this match to see a more serious version of her. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Lightning as Zelda and Zelda back as Zelda imitating each other and just getting caught in this loop of stumbling around like this Jinx Yo Mio Coke thing. So funny. Like, I like some of the previous ones where Mama's done a little switcheroo with her voodoo magic. This one by far just the most enjoyable one and i think because i didn't expect the two in here to have done so well pretending to be each other like really really a ton of credit here and um it makes me respect zelda as a performer a lot more now they disrespect her but you know you kind of get used to the the gimmick the joke of what's going on here you gotta have mama win this one though there's no way to justify lightning and zelda defeating her yeah like i said i i thought that it seemed like they were going more towards a wrestling base with whoever's been producing these shows um mm. i think like two episodes ago and they, these you know they've actually had some good storytelling within some of the matches here so um yeah it's been a lot of fun how they're playing with the different sizes and stuff like that um so we follow that up with godiva's bare facts we get another MTV Glow Connection. Woo! I wish people could see. I want that dance to be a GIF. 
it's a gift to all of us. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and then we I go into to, what's that, Kevin? I, I was gonna say because I, when Treat sends it and sends it to me, a lot of times I'll listen to the episode again. And sometimes on Thursday, I'm proud of our show. I'll listen to the show all together on Thursday when it goes live for everyone. I had numerous times have been surprised by educator doing his mtv cheer i forgot it was coming i don't know how <laughs> and just it echoes off the walls and work do it baby. it happens it happens um, we call it's what we call winning <laughs> <laughs> um so why don't we why don't we move on to what i'm going to say is the first and only submission match that doesn't have a submission applied. Oh, God. Uh, match number three is Beastie, Beastie versus Justice. It is a submission match. Was there a submission ever? Um, I'm looking at my notes, and I don't, unless you, you know, consider a side headlock a submission attempt. Um, I, did, did someone loop someone else's legs or no? I think there was, um, there was choking. There was a lot of choking. There was a headlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I. It's more of a brawl than there's anything. Bite, there's biting. There's biting. It's, yeah. There's, uh, there's there's no other than the side headlock. Um. So uh, so what you guys what you guys think of this one? I I honestly debated on making this the hot tag for the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I just when I was watching this, I, I immediately texted you guys. Yep. It only makes sense that a submission only match, submission only, of course, ends in a double count out. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it wasn't good. Like tech okay, let's let's pretend, you know, that we open up the wrestling rule book here. Couldn't a submission match, couldn't the submission take place on the floor? It, like it, submission it, doesn't have to be in could. the ring, right? Right, exactly. I don't get it. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. I don't get it. Well, hopefully the educator can explain it to us. So educator, <laughs> go ahead and break down this Matt classic. So in the submission only match, we see the match begin when Justice handing Beastie a balloon because apparently in Justice's mind, uh, Beastie is just full of hot air. Beastie's response is to just take the balloon and bite it and eat it to pop the balloon with her mouth. It's just a... It, summarizes the intended forward progression of the match right there. We start with with a big knee to the gut and she starts biting the forearm of Justice. Justice is able to counter and eventually escape and land a big stiff clothesline onto Beastie. We see Beastie with a big Irish whip to Justice into the ropes and is able to hit a back body drop. Justice does a recovery and ends up hitting a running drop kick to the back of Beastie as Beastie is jaw jacking with the crowd. And eventually, uh, we see Justice cradling a side headlock onto Beastie. Beastie is able to counter that side headlock with a big atomic drop slam onto the canvas. Uh, this causes Justice to eventually uh, fire back. She rebounds from that atomic drop being sl- dropped onto the canvas with a big scoop slam to Beastie. We see Beastie with a big Irish whip and an eventual hip toss. And now the girls are rolling around on the ring, jockeying for position, doing double-handed chokes on each other. Eventually, the action spills out onto the floor where the ladies start brawling back and forth, only for the referee to eventually get to a 20-count, double-count-out match. 
And eventually the segment ends with the girls still in, in hand in hand with each other, brawling as they are slowly working their way back to the locker room. I ended up like, cause match is garbage. <laughs> There's no point for it. I was just coming up with names for things because they do things in such a unique manner. Um, just as I, I called it a previous episode, the angry headlock. Cause it's more than just a regular one. And then uh, I'm going to call the move right after an atomic drop slam, because it's not quite an atomic drop. And, and I honestly think glow should, cause I think someone selling it recruit style would be fantastic, but it's more picking someone up for another move. And that's dropping them straight down on their butt in, in atomic drop fashion. Uh, and I also wonder the 20 count for glow. I remember, and it w- sadly was not that long ago. Educated and I were watching wrestling and someone got counted out at 10. And I said, when did they change it to 10 count? He's like, it has always been a 10 count. And for some reason I was dead sure it was a 20 count previously. I wonder if there's like some sort of vague memory of glow being on TV as a child. And the 20 count was very much, pronounced and i just thought that was all of wrestling and never questioned it right i mean god honestly the way you know wrestling goes with all the stuff people get away with doing outside the ring it may as well be a 20 count it might, yeah exactly yeah so remember one guys when i said that it seemed like the wrestling was getting better on the, on the show and until this match yeah nope psych um so anyways why don't we move on to reform school with sarah and mabel the educator yeah you look excited what's going on the vocab word of the day tire when we see lightning we're gonna tire her up and beat her wah, wah, wah. then we get a shampoo commercial <laughs> and then we get zelda zingers that leads us to match number four on the card. Is this our first uh, six-man tag, six-woman tag? I think it's our first six-woman tag, and it's, uh, again, card subject to change. Yeah, this is whole this whole thing is just a weird tag team. So it's Rocky Astor, uh, Tiffany Mellon, and Nachka uh, with, of course, Jeeves the butler, who they say Jeeves is there, is and then I don't see him. I don't see him during the match. During the match, you know, they do show him a quick spot of him. He's like standing on the ring steps in one of the corners, and he's got his platter with like one glass of champagne that he's ready to serve up. And they're taking on uh, Major Tanya, Godiva, and the Widow in Black. I honestly didn't know what to expect from this match from the color commentator because yeah, the two women that he likes to brutalize the most and fat shame they're on opposing teams so is he gonna rip them both apart in this match not sure which one's the face which one's the heel uh still manages to throw a couple of barbs in here and there loves to talk about uh ninochka walking around like a big old tub of pep like she's a tub of pepto-bismol and uh, she's the pink elephant uh but certainly throws a lot of comments and shade towards godiva's way as well during this match See, saying like it looks like a big old bottle of Pepto Bismol wouldn't actually be wrong with that bright pink outfit. It's not a bad thing, but as soon as he throws the word tub in there, it changes the whole complex yeah, of the fans. Exactly. Um and, and honestly, 
we got to be shocked and and our thoughts and prayers are with Stinky who was supposed to be in this match. Some injury, unfortunately. I don't know if her, you know, the glands like ruptured. Now mm-hmm. she's got stank all over or or something, but unfortunately, card subject to change. No maybe. no sneaky either. No. No, maybe sneak maybe sneaky injured sneaky. Yeah, it is be. possible. Um, question for you guys. So, do you d- does each person have signature moves? No. <sighs> is the only signature move the Buckingham bounce? I would say the Buckingham bounce would be because that's a that's a great move. And then the the the, the farmers roll, the daughters roll. Yeah, yeah. MTV picks. Yeah. And then Nanachka doing the the bat the moon salt into the elbow drop. Seeing Nanachka's uh, inverted bear hug too. Right. How about this? Certain people have moves that they like and they bust out a lot. I mean, the cheerleaders with their flips and splits, you could say. Yeah. No one has, no one has a finisher or five moves of doom. Right. The yeah, cheerleaders no like, like to like to do that split like drop off of the middle middle rope. Yeah. Yeah. People have moves that they like, but no one has one that. It, that they do often enough or in a certain way that the fans could pop for it. Yeah. Right. Except for the Buckingham bounce. Buckingham bounce. I do pop for that. That's a great move. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. It is. Um, but anyways, why don't you go ahead and break down this chaos? So essentially it begins as chaos as it's a six lady schmoz where all the ladies are just brawling in the ring to start the match. We see in the background, Godiva tries for a full Nelson onto Ninochka but Ninochka is able to break away free from that full Nelson attempt. Ninochka does a hip toss to Godiva. Godiva then does a set of double leg kicks to Ninochka uh, to battle back. And the commentator is making comments about how both grapplers are big girls, big girthy girls uh, that are going back and forth with each other. Godiva is able to hit a running drop kick. Ninochka is end up getting uh, stuck in the heel corner and is getting choked by Major Tanya as the referee is not able is being distracted by the other action. We see Godiva hitting her running Buckingham bounce Bronco Buster into the corner and she ends up tagging in the widow in black. Tiffany Mellon then inserts herself into the match to try to break up the heel triple teaming in the in the corner as Ninochka is being worked on by all three heels. Tiffany Mellon now being in the match now locks in a modified Scorpion Deathlock sharpshooter, kind of like the first time we've seen that. We, you know, a couple of figure fours uh, from Hollywood that we've seen, but now we're seeing a Scorpion Deathlock attempt by Tiffany Mellon. Minachka, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Minachka. Major Tanya ends up hitting a running drop kick to Tiffany Mellon to break up her efforts on the submission. Major Tanya does an Irish whip and is now inserted herself in the match and does an Irish whip to Tiffany Mellon and hits a big back body drop onto Tiffany Mellon. We see Major Tanya with a scoop slam, turning it into a backbreaker that she drops over her knee. Roxy is able to tag in and she ends up hitting a running knee to the gut to Major Tanya. Roxy does a few hair beals and stomps to a downed Major Tanya on the canvas. Major Tanya is able to do a corner Irish whip to Roxy, sending her into her heel corner. Ninochka makes her way from the outside ring to the opposite corner and ends up knocking Ninaka off the, uh, Godiva, I should say, off of the apron. 
Uh, we hear the commentator talking about how Nanachka was using her weight to knock Godiva uh, from the apron to the floor. We see uh, Nanachka being, or we hear Nanachka being referred to as the pink elephant as she rams Godiva uh, back first into the ring post on the ca- on the floor. Back in the ring, we see Major Tanya trying to do a scoop slam to Roxy, uh, but ends up, uh, we see Nanachka reinserting herself back into the ring. She hits a running drop kick to the back of Roxy, causing there to be forward momentum where now Roxy falls onto Major Tanya, and Roxy is able to essentially cause that body press to create a successful 1-2-3 pinfall attempt. So your winners of the match are Roxy Astor, Tiffany, uh, Melon and Ninochka post-match all six ladies are just brawling in the ring and we eventually tiptoe away to the beasties beanery segment are we calling that a sharpshooter I mean like that was awful but I don't know what else to call it either it wasn't you know, like wasn't tucked under you know one of the armpits but the legs were crossed and she's you know raking back as if it's like a Boston. I mean, it's almost yeah. like a Boston crab, but the legs are crossed. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, Buckingham bounce. She seemed to like hold it too. Yeah, it wasn't just bounce and hit. She seemed to like really work it after two. I'm not trying to be me. I'm really not. It was just she did it differently. But then right after that, we got the inset promo comes on covering up all the action. And I couldn't tell because anytime that's happened, they're covering something else going on every time. But usually it's something we can figure out like, oh, they smashed the glass over the person. They smashed the guitar. There wasn't anything like that going on, though. But every time it's been a big one and not small in the corner, it's been to cover something up. Very curious. Couldn't pick up on what it was at all. Really liked the ending with Ninochka throwing the drop kick into Roxy's back, Roxy flipping over on Tanya who already has her, and then pinning Tanya. Because honestly, I don't think I would have Roxy pin Tanya in a one-on-one. I, I think Tanya's on her way up, and Roxy's just kind of where she is. You right. know, you can put her in anywhere. If she wins a match, it's cool. But you, you wouldn't be building her towards something. But Tanya, I think, makes a lot of sense to be building up for it. So I was really shocked to get the pin. And granted, it still was with Ninochka helping, which furthers the Ninochka Tanya story. Um, yeah, I think the worst thing from the announcer was calling them the big girls. Yeah, and really, it's like you got Mama and Fiji, and for height, Daisy and Justice that you could call big girls, right? That are all much bigger than Ninochka or Godiva here. Maybe, maybe he means they're tough. Maybe it means they're tough because big girls don't cry. I will, yeah. I will say. Um, so in my, you know, YouTube, you know, previews or trying to do a little bit more history, I end up running across a match, and I don't want, I won't spoil who the opponent was, but apparently there was a pay per view, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was a, a glow only pay per view, but there was a pay per view where the glow crown was defended and the champion ended up taking on Ninochka, who was the challenger in the match. And apparently this is a few years later. Ninochka is still kind of doing the pseudo prancing gymnast ballerina gimmick in the match, but she looks so different 
She has grown her hair out and it's like a dark brown color. I honestly had to do double takes to really look to see, is that really the same girl? And even some of the zoom ins on her face, it was almost hard to tell, but I mean, it's her based on the, the, the athletic routine, the backflip off the top rope and all that stuff. It was just so weird seeing Anachka with longer, dark brown hair, um, in the match. She was wearing like a green outfit for that particular pay-per-view match. That, that glow pay-per-view, I think it's like two or three years after season four ended. Yeah. But it's like, they finally, they wanted to close some things up because right. they, didn't, they didn't know what was ending when it was. They really thought they were getting a season five. Doesn't Nanachka own the glow name and trademarks? No, I thought babe owned them now. Oh, is it babe? Yeah. Pretty sure it's babe. I know that Babe is involved with the Netflix show as like, I don't know if she's considered one of the producers or the former, yeah, former Netflix show, yeah, the former, yeah. But I think I think Babe owns everything that she pretty much can for it, right? So, uh, Kevin, quick question for you before we move on: Do you like the fact that she worked the Buckingham bounce? (laughs) I did, I did actually. That was all I wanted to ask. I think it should be taught. That's a great move. Move over X-Pac. Uh, we get a Beastie Beanery segment. Then we get a shampoo commercial. We get our country girl dates. And then we get Wait. our main event of the evening. Wait. What am I waiting for, Kevin? We get the biggest amount of action we have seen so far in our Glow series out of Aunt Kitty. As she realizes the camera's on her and stands up from her seat in the front row. <laughs> oh, crap. I got a job to do here. Hey, let me wave my freaking umbrella. <laughs> do you think she's sitting down to block the man? Uh, the man, man spreader? spreader? Oh, God, I hope so. You know, maybe I should. That's a good point. And wasn't that a man spread? That was something. It was like a hell man spread. Jeez, it was spread like that. I thought it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> Um, so match number five, our main event, a run for the rubies match, two of the educators favorites, maybe we get the AOK DJ MTV taking on Cheyenne share. Um, I'm guessing that (laughs) when they did this in it, you know, on camera, when they did this in the live crowd, that there must've been like entrance music that MTV was coming out to because there was an awkward dub mm-hmm. of music on this particular episode, not the traditional ring girls rap so that you'd see the inset promo of the character talking with the, the heels or the faces surrounding her in the background in the ring. It was just, it was a very awkward dub for, and then the karaoke that, you know, MTV was spouting off like you couldn't even hear anything that she was saying or singing. I couldn't even tell you what it was that she was attempting to to get through. Yeah, absolutely. Would it shock me if she had music originally that they no longer have the copyright to or honestly, maybe didn't have the copyright time and just didn't care. Probably. Kind of like the whole ECW entrance music. Would you say MTV is the new Jack of Glow? She was that night. She was that night. Of course, she's still alive now, so, you know. All right. Yeah, um, I totally yeah. want 
I, I are we uh, guys? Do yeah. we, are we are we gonna talk about this? All right, guys. I have a question for you. It's very, very interesting. I think we need to bring this up. I've been putting it off for a while. I got to see if it's still going because of the pandemic. But do you know that they did an original Glow Girls Cruise? Yes, I did see that. Crazy. So let me just go through the list of the people that were on this cruise last time who they who they booked when was the last uh, time was it like last summer know. pre-pandemic no it was yeah, like it was... three four years ago i think oh crazy yeah um the royal hawaiian uh, hollywood she, i'm sure she still got it going on lightning uh, yeah also someone named jungle woman right. you can't have glow without johnny c johnny c godiva major tanya babe No. Register now. Your payment is fully refundable until June 24th, ni- or 2019. Crazy. So fairly three years ago. So it was a night. It was a. Yeah. Was... So are we going to do this, guys? <laughs> what was the cost that year? Uh, Probably got to like quadruple up in a tiny bunk. <laughs> yeah, we would need. Uh, so you can get a like, double occupancy, 700 a person. And it's how long is the cruise? say how many days three days five days i mean we would need a suite yeah we would we're, i mean we're high rolling yeah cruise info let's look. join the ladies of the original glow wrestling show from the 1980s on an amazing seven nights oh that's actually a steal then hundred dollar bill was a night september 7th through the 14th of 2019 that's crazy where did they go it's gonna be like jersey Exclusive games <laughs> for the Glows fans. Okay, you ready? Uh, Dirty Bingo. A Hulu contest. Or Hulu Hoop contest. I don't know. Kevin. A Glow Wrap-Off. Nice. <laughs> and, of course, dinner with the original Glow Girls. Private theme parties, exclusive shows, nightly dinners with the ladies of Glow, prizes, optional group excursions. Okay. So, I mean, what I'm thinking is, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's be honest. They've partnered up, so all that it is is like, okay, there's it's gonna, just a cruise. It's a random on. cruise that the Glow Girls just happen to be on, and they're gonna like have like a side room for all of these gatherings that are just yeah, exclusive. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it's like a Mexico down down. Oh, that crazy. Area. Seven hundred bucks. That's not bad. If they do it again, guys, <laughs> join our Patreon. Forget. We launch the- yeah, all we need is twenty one hundred bucks, and then we're gonna have to get flight tickets to and from. I, I mean, if yeah. we if we ever did this, Kevin, what would you? You would have to do the glow wrap. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would be planning quite for for months. As soon as we know to when we're going, I'd be planning. Not just the rap, but how I'm going to bed one of them. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The thing is, I think Elise would give you the nod. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you think you could get lightning? Go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, what that, like, that's got to be the whole point of going, right? And so, let's I mean. Just, let's be honest here. Okay. Hollywood out of your league. I mean, just she is. 
lightning might be kind of like a little mousy. Oh, quiet. Demure. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the Molly Holly stink. Yeah. Can you imagine all of a sudden me and the educator were playing? We're on the we're we're on the deck. You know, educator knows his way around a yacht. Yeah, we're on the deck. Absolutely. You know, we're we're playing shuffleboard, shuffleboard on the deck. All of a sudden, Kevin's like, comes up to us, disheveled in the morning, looks so hungover. He just goes, two words, Buckingham bounce and walks away. Walks away. Completely no sells it. Yeah. Kevin, you look exhausted. I ran for the rubies last night. I want the educator to come back from a night with the educator. How was your night? Let me just say she was a okay. <laughs> she was a okay, baby. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> I think it would be fun. Is how you know who? I wonder. Uh, Hoju Coolander. Uh, have you been on one of these cruises? <laughs> Out of everyone, I would imagine Adam's been on one. Yeah. I think it would be fun. There's going to be photos online of the cruise. Uh, so anyways, as I look for photos online, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down our main event? I forgot we had to do this match. Hey, we still got the main event to run through. All right, we see MTV climbing onto Cheyenne Shares back as Cheyenne Shares got her back turned and she's pulling off her entrance gear, getting ready for the match. We see Cheyenne Share able to do a beal. Uh, to pull MTV off of her back onto the canvas. We see MTV with a double leg toss and then ends up working on an arm bar onto Cheyenne Cher. MTV with a fireman's carry into a big slam onto the mat and multiple stomps onto a down Cheyenne Cher's body. MTV able to do a big scoop slam to Cheyenne Cher and then does an Irish whip into the ropes. But Cheyenne Cher is able to do that tilt a world press to escape a body slam attempt by MTV. Cheyenne Cher does a kick to the back of MTV's legs to sweep her down to the canvas. And she follows up with a big splash. We see Cheyenne Cher climbing to the top rope and hits a like a cartwheel that turns into a two-handed arm drag to bring uh, MTV down to the canvas. Cheyenne Cher does that weird split leg moonsault, tries for the pinfall attempt, but MTV is able to roll her shoulder off and battle out. MTV then does a big stiff punt to the vagina of Cheyenne Cher, taking Cheyenne Cher down to the canvas. Cheyenne Cher is eventually able to recover and hits a big running drop kick that takes MTV down. MTV then tries to use a spray can of something, but we end up getting an inset promo on the screen and it's different rather than it being in the corner. It like takes up about 90% of the screen in the center uh, of Cheyenne share being in the front and center. So we really don't see how the use of that spray for an object ended up working out. Eventually, the girls end up out on the floor and they're brawling with one another. We see Cheyenne Cher with a single leg assisted monkey flip. MTV rams Cheyenne Cher into the ring post twice. MTV with a big Irish whip that sends uh, Cheyenne Cher under the ropes back into the ring. MTV climbs to the top rope and she dives off of the top rope as if she's going for a big high cross body. But the dive that she does, Cheyenne Cher is positioned as if it's a splash. Uh, Cheyenne Cher ends up rolling out of the way anyway. So MTV ends up crashing and burning hard on the canvas. 
We see Cheyenne share with a fireman's carry that turns into a body slam to take MTV down to the canvas. Cheyenne Shear tries to do a second rope cartwheel into that two-handed arm drag, but MTV is able to block it and ends up hitting a double sledgehammer to the gut of Cheyenne Shear. We see MTV with a big leg tie-up and turns it into a pinfall attempt, but it only gets a two-count from the referee. We see MTV with multiple stomps, but then Cheyenne Shear is able to hit like a victory roll-like cradle and ends up grabbing the one, two, three pinfall unsuspecting victory over MTV advancing to the next round in the run for the Ruby's tournament. So I'm kind of torn here because there's certain spots MTV does, which was actually like just sloppy. Um, She even has like a, a headlock that's just super loose, not really on right, not really done in a good way and all. But then I got to wonder if MTV has some sort of athletic background that we're not aware of, or she doesn't get a chance to really show a whole lot otherwise, because she partners up with Cher pretty well in a few things that Cher's doing a straight up gymnastic move, not a wrestling move, but MTV's flown with her on it. There's one where Cher takes MTV's arms outstretched. It's almost like she's using them as like, um, a balance beam or, or parallel bars or something like that. Like she's, posting and propping herself off of MTV's arms, which MTV's helping, you know, by keeping their arms in a certain position for it. And then we got the, the announcer called it a windmill, but the two of them, like, it's not even a collar and elbow. It's just a straight leg or a straight arm thing, but they're both switching constantly for position and end up spinning each other out of the ring as well. Like they're both very interesting moves, but it took the two of them to pull it off though. Um, I, I shared it fantastic in here it's a ruby's match i i really think that you're seeing um glow put faith in certain girls here to build them up like i think we're starting to see like a a level b level c level for things and they decided that mtv isn't there i wonder if you told me about that pay-per-view really throws me off but my thought was always Nanachka's leaving, and that's why some of the stuff is going on. But Nanachka could, could work with everyone. Like, when she would have her title defenses each episode for the original group there, it was usually that person's best match. Like, she drew it out of them. So I'm seeing some people like Cheyenne Cher usually gets a good match out of people. Daisy a lot of times gets a good match out of people. You know, like, there's certain ones that seem like a upper level here. Um but they're still the upper level like MTV just I'm, I'm sorry educator you know I, I she's not doing it for me I, I don't think I don't think she's a future multi-time world champion well you know I like the gimmick the gimmick serves her well it does it does she's very good at it she doesn't give up either text and share right after the match was over for a while yeah so we followed it up with Declan's favorite segment, the mirror, mirror on the wall segment. We get our don't do drugs PSA with Hollywood. We roll our credits. We get Johnny C still broke talking to Godiva. So we did uh, it, man. Do you guys like this? Like this episode? Yeah, it's fun. There's a lot. There's a lot I liked. Yeah. And yeah, then absolutely. Wasn't as I really harassed. am in a love hate relationship. Right. With Glow. There are some segments that are just absolute garbage, absolute trash. 
And then there's some that are just over the top silly that they're just they're just goofy entertaining and you just you know you can't you can't not watch it. I really think um Glow is more entertaining when you're not watching two episodes a week. <laughs> yeah, one episode a week with a bowl of cereal on, you know, Saturday afternoon would be great. But this too is 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 tough. Right. So. So is that going to do it for us for this episode, gentlemen? I think so. I will send you the YouTube videos of the OG <laughs> Glow Cruise. There it's it the is. dance party. We can see the ladies dancing. Educator, the AOK educator. <laughs> A lot it. going on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, educator, what do you want to say to the people out there as we leave? Thank you guys so much for following us every Thursday, as well as checking out our Monday morning coffee with our, uh, you know, the big run-in episodes that we typically do with Hellion and uh, Maddie Treats. I love the fact that I get the opportunity to hang out with you guys. So a big thank you to uh, my two co-hosts today for uh, jacking back and forth as we talk about and reminisce about old school 80s and 90s wrestling and entertainment. As always, guys, please, please, please check out the Retro Network and look at the various offerings they have. I guarantee you you'll find something that will always pique your interest. Yeah, and I just want to say, of course, thank you to the gentleman here. Uh, thank you for Two by TV for giving us that glow, glow content. Thank you to the Retro Network. Thank you to everyone that listens to us. Uh, I cannot wait to book our Glow Cruise and Mr. Kevin Hellions. Why don't you take us home? All right. Thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Tubi. Uh, Pluto, and it's no longer on Prime. I went to watch on Prime the other day, and that's gone. So for those of you following along, and you can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow Matt online at Mandy Treats. You can follow me online at Mass Library. MassLibrary.com is the home blog. Go ahead and check out the show notes for Patreon and merchandise info. Check out the cool logo designed by Jason Gross and Richard Reeder. Check out our friends over at Odds with Wrestling. And gentlemen, I don't know if you noticed, I was paying attention for who was on the first episode we watched and who was on the second episode we watched. Do you realize Daisy's not on the second episode at all? Uh, yeah. That word is um, she never made it to the arena. Oh, no? No, after last week, uh, she took too many turns. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.